You're now listening to the A Place of Refuge Productive Living Podcast with Bishop Barry D. Walker. A Place of Refuge vision is to cause people to be productive in every aspect of life according to God's Word. For more information, please stop by our website at www.aplaceofrefugechurch.org. Now, here's today's message already in progress. Contextually, a test is a reference to a time of trouble. Physical trouble, mental trouble, emotional trouble, financial trouble, and so forth. A test also connotes a time where something or someone is opposing your faith in God. You're battling something that's determined to make you doubt the power of your God. Battling something that's determined to Make you utter out of your mouth that the promises of God are not yes and amen. Satan desired Job to, to curse God. To say something he didn't have no business saying against God. He even told God that that's what Job would do. And, and then turned around and, and used his wife to even try to get to Job and tell him, won't you just tell God off, curse him, and, and go ahead and kill yourself. Go ahead and die. It's a test or is a trying of your, your faith. Something opposing your, your faith. You've heard the revealed will of God for your life. And now you have enemies that are trying to stop you from walking down the path. Or taking the steps in order to obtain your blessing. And as a child of God, you have to be to the point to where... You, you have to consider your test or your trouble according to the scripture. So let's just look at a couple of things in reference to what the Bible has to say about a test or a trial. Let's start in 1 Peter. We're going to consider 1 Peter 4, verses 12 and 13. 1 Peter 4, verses 12 and 13. Peter said to the saints, Beloved, do not think it strange concerning the fiery trial which is to try you. As though some strange thing happened to you. Strange in the verse refers to 
looking at what you're going through as something that shouldn't be happening. In this life, we're going to go through stuff. Physically, mentally, emotionally, and otherwise. So, so don't think when you get to going through your season of suffering, your time of affliction, that is abnormal. No, the Bible is clear. David said in Psalm 34 and 19, many are the affliction of who? The righteous. And here Peter is concerned about the mentality of folk that go through trials. And so he says again, think it not strange. Don't think it abnormal. Don't think it odd that you have been chosen to go through something so horrendous. God knows what you can go through. He knows what you're able to go through. Again, he's omniscient. But he goes on to say in verse 13, But rejoice to the extent that you partake of Christ's sufferings. You got to train yourself to be happy in trouble. Ooh, look at somebody say you got to train yourself to be happy in trouble. Because notice it's somewhat of a command. He says, but rejoice. Choose to clap your hands. Choose to turn in victory even though you don't see it. Knowing that you are partaking of Christ's sufferings. And the Bible tells us in order to reign with the Lord, we got to first go through the suffering. Got to endure some stuff before God drops the promises upon us. We got to endure. Got to endure it to the point to where when we are attacked, we don't cast away our confidence. You know that's what the Hebrew writer said in Hebrews 10 and 35. Cast not away therefore your confidence. And it even told us why. Which has great reward. You're going to be rewarded. Don't give up. Don't stop. Keep giving God the praise because there is a reward waiting for you. But notice what James said right next to 1 Peter. James chapter 1, we'll start at verse 2. This is what James said concerning a test or a trial. James 1, starting at verse 2. And notice again, he, he addresses the church. Now, Peter addressed the church by, by calling them the beloved, but now James addresses the church by calling them brethren. He says, my brethren, count it all joy. When you fall into various trials. And notice the revelation that he gave them. Knowing that the testing of your faith produces. First thing it produces is patience. And he says about patience. Let patience have its perfect work. That you may be perfect. Complete. Lacking nothing. So basically, after patience, you're going to be perfect. You're going to be mature. 
trials make you grow up. God allows us to go through some things so we can grow So we are quit depending on folk we shouldn't be depending on and start trusting him. We'll be perfect, complete, lacking nothing. We are exactly in the place that we need, we need to be. And when you're in such a place, you, you reach the conclusion that Paul reached in Philippians 4 and 13 when he decreed, I can do all things through Christ because he's given me the strength. One thing a trial will do, again, is going to make you better or worse. If it makes you better, that means you're going to come out strong. If you allow it to weaken you, you're going to come out as a wimp. Flunk it. Push over. Got to move on, but say to your neighbor, I'm determined to come out better. Say that to one more person, I'm determined to come out better. Find out their mindset and ask them, how about you? Now, back in Job 23 and 10, I want you to notice that, that Job acknowledged that he was in a test. He acknowledged that he was in a test. And he was optimistic and certain in the test. He, he was optimistic in reference to what he was going through at that present time as well as what would take place thereafter. He was just certain, sure, positive about the test. And that's how we have to be. You're going through it, but where's your mindset? Are you being negative, pessimistic? Or are you giving God the glory despite what you're going through? Have you took off your dancing shoes just because you're in the midst of trouble? Or did you not only keep your dancing shoes on, you, you, you're working with your shoes? You're getting up dancing when the band ain't around. You're turning in victory when you ain't got nobody to turn in victory with you. You're yet giving God the praise. Yet giving God the glory. Yet giving him the honor. Don't look at me strange. I'm talking about you. I'm also asking you a question. Are you yet giving him the praise? In the midst of what you're going through. Counting all what? Think it not. And so Job was not in that mindset. And the amazing thing is he was optimistic and certain even though his so-called friends 
were doubting his faith. They, they, they were so in doubt of Job to where Job said to all three of his friends, is y'all miserable comforters? I don't even know why y'all came over to the house. You ain't helping me, period. Job wasn't like me in the sense of I would have put him out. What about you? Now, now some folk just love misery. So you love when folk come over and join your pity party. Woo! You don't want to amen me. You don't want to say I'm right. But some folk in here, you'll be amazed at folk that like misery. Don't have no problem with people around them talking down. Because they enjoy talking down. You really see the strength of Job because he had three intelligent friends. I mean, these men, if if you read what they were saying to Job, no doubt they knew God. They knew about the world. They knew about this, that, and the other. They were very intelligent. But they did not have discernment. See, you can be an intelligent person, but if you do not have a spirit of discernment, you won't see what God is doing. You won't see the hand of God. If you recognize, yeah, I'm going through this trial, but you don't see the hand of God in your trial. You don't see how God is is causing certain things to happen in the midst of your trouble. It says that you don't have the spirit of this earth. Here Job is going through this test, but he's discerning that this is going to work out for me. That this is going to be all right for me. I done lost my children. I done lost this, that, and the other. But this going to be all right for me. Some folk in the midst of what they're going through, the only thing they have their eyes on is the trouble. The only thing that comes out of their mouth concerning their situation is woe is me. Is me. But Job knew. He knew that it was going to work out for him. And that's what you got to know in the midst of your trouble. You got to hold on to scripture like Romans 8 and 28. It's going to work out for my good. It's hurting right now, but it's going to work out for my good. It ain't looking the way I want it to look, but it's going to work out for my good. And, and Job had a reason for being so certain, so positive about his outcome. That being his relationship with God. He had a genuine relationship with the Lord. To the point to where he, he discerned that the Lord knew his 
it was choice. Joe said to his friends, he knows the way that I take. He knows what I'm choosing. You don't know what I'm choosing. You don't know what path I'm on. But he knows the way that I take. It's easy for folk to look at what you're going through and try to reach a conclusion about you. As if they know everything it is to know about you. As if they are omniscient. But you have to, you have to tell folk that, look, you think you know what you don't know. And sometimes you have to be more clear. You have to just flat out tell them that, look, you don't know me like that. Woo! Matter of fact, try it on your neighbor and say, you don't know me like that. Because when you get to going through something, people will try to determine the conclusion of your story. You have to let folks know, you don't know the end of my story. You even have to let your doctors know that they don't know the end of your story. You have to talk to the x-ray. You have to talk to your banker. You have to talk to other folk that are trying to determine your destiny and let them know you don't know the conclusion of what's going to happen to me. But again, he said about God, he knows the way that I take he knows where I am. He knows my thoughts. He knows my words. He knows my de- He knows exactly what's going on with me. And that's, and that, that's important because sometimes you, you'll get in a predicament to where you don't feel like nobody understands. Whenever you get in that place, you need to know that God understands. Matter of fact, he knows more about your situation than you do, than your doctors do, than anybody else knows. I love it when the psalmist said, even the hairs that fall from your head, not the ones that are on your head, but fall from your head. He even knows those. Why would he want to know such? Because God is concerned about his children. So concerned, he said, touch not my anointed. Don't you do him no harm. God will not allow your test to go no further than he has permitted He may allow enemies, he may allow certain things to attack you, but make make sure that God draws the line somewhere. Yeah, you can do this, that, and the other, but you better not cross this line right here. And so Job knew that God understood And that the Lord had been listening to his prayers. So you can't get foolish in your trouble and think God is not listening to your prayer. Saying dumb stuff like, wonder if he hears me. 
wonder if he listening to me. Don't you know, child of God, that the Bible says that his ears are open to the cries of the righteous. He's listening to you. It's reason Jesus made sure he told his disciples in Matthew 7, 7 and 8, ask and it shall be given. Seek your fine. Knock and it will be open. For everyone that asks, receives, seeks, finds and knocks is going to be open to him or her. Even let his disciples know the value of prayer in Luke 18 and 1 when he told them men should always pray and never lose heart. Don't ever utter something out of your mouth that says God can't or God is not going to do a particular thing. God watches over his word in order to fulfill it. If he told you it's well, it's well. It doesn't matter what it looks like. If he told you better and bigger is here, that's what he meant. Look at somebody and say, God never says anything. He does not mean. He don't play around when it comes to his word. You know what Jesus said, heaven and earth shall, but not my word. Not one jot, not one tittle shall cease until all that I've said, all that I've promised, whether written or revealed, is fulfilled. And so Job, in the midst of his trouble, again was certain. Optimistic because of his relationship with God. See, you got to look beyond folk when it comes to certain things. See, see, certain things when it comes to people, you got to realize it's impossible for them. I mean, Jesus, hey, you know what? With men, this right here, it, it can't happen. But with God, all things are possible. What does that say? We got to look at God in a whole different light. We got to see him on a completely different level when it comes to his doings. That's the reason Isaiah revealed his ways are not as the ways of man. Neither are his thoughts. As high as the heavens are from the earth, so are his ways and so are his thoughts. And so Job, in the midst of, of doubters, could still stay positive. Because I'm telling you, if, if folks that can, get, can say things out of their mouth, if you're not where you need to be, it'll move you. It, it'll have you feeling like they have the final sight. You will ignore the Bible decreeing God as the Alpha and the Omega, the beginning and the ending. You will think your doctor, your lawyer, or somebody else has the final say. But say to your neighbor, I done read the script. 
God has the final say. Matter of fact, some of us have went through enough to where we know who has the final say. You don't been turned down, but that wasn't the conclusion of the matter. God still did what he promised. Oh, I need some folk in here that know what I'm talking about. If it be true, tell somebody God does have the final say. Some of y'all still mouths quiet. Let me, let me just ask somebody over here, right in this middle section, who has the final say? What about over here? What about over there? Look at one more person and say, God has. Now, man ain't going to always try to make it seem as if he has the final say. That's how man is. It's just like some of us, uh, before you got saved, and you might still do it now, hope not, but anyway. You just got to get the last word in. You don't fall like that, just got to get the last word in. I mean, it can be something that, that don't even matter, but, but you still going to have to get the last word in. They say one thing, you got to come back with something else. And you have professionals like that. You can tell them, look, I'm just believing that God going to do it. You're in denial. Oh, so you just going to get the final say. You, you ain't going to stop until I agree with you. And that's how some folk You have to make up in your mind that God has the final say in reference to your life. And that's it. Period. Point blank. And you, and you can't try to justify man having the final say. And putting God in it. No, that ain't God. Well, you know God gave uh, them wisdom too. And, and that be, that's true. But he didn't give them the final say. If he would have gave man the final say, he never would have deemed himself the author and the finisher of what? Your faith. God is not going to do that. God has the final Even in scripture, they would try to tell Jesus, hey, look, ain't no need in you coming over here. It, it, it's over. Jesus didn't pay him no money. It, it ain't over. No, it ain't. You ain't got no final say. I'm Jesus. I'm the way. I'm the truth. I'm the life. The Lord has the final say. And as a child of God, you need to know when it comes to your faith, he is the author and the finisher. Let's read the Hebrew writer said in Hebrews 12, look to him. Look to him as the author and the finisher of your faith. Who for the joy that was set before him endured 
the cross went through a test. The test of death to let death know I'm not only going to defeat you, I'm going to put you up under my feet. So beat up death to where after he was done, asked the question, whoa, death, where is your sting? would still be poor, still be broke if man had the final say. I would still be living from check to check if man had the final say. You would still be jacked up if man had the final say. You would still be low down, dirty on your way to a devil's hell if man had the final say. Some of us would have died in 2019. You wouldn't even seen 2020 if man had the final say. The reason you're the reason you're still here is because God ordained for you to be here despite what man said would happen to you. Say to somebody, God has the final say. And so Job, he knew that he was going through something horrific. But in his mindset, because I have a relationship with God, because I can discern what's taking place in my life, it's just temporary. Now, no, the word temporary is not in the verse, not in Job 23 and 10, but it's implied. Notice, when he has tested me, I shall come forth. What's the implication? This just temporary. I'm coming forth. When he is testing me, he's he going to allow this test to, to run his course, but I'm coming forth. I'm coming out. Say to your neighbor, what I'm going through right now is just temporary. See, see, God changes not. He is no respecter of person. If Job's test was temporary, I can take Malachi 3 and 6 and say, if God allowed Job's test to be temporary. Wait a minute. Daniel was in the lion's den, but it was also. The three Hebrew boys was in the fiery furnace, but it was also. God changes. See, see, some of us, we're looking at our trial as a permanent situation. But you have to start looking at it through the eyes of God and recognize that what you're going through is temporary. It hurts. 
but it's temporary. It doesn't look the way you want it to look, but it's Consider 2 Corinthians 4 and 18, real quick. 2 Corinthians 4 and 18. Y'all say with me, I'm almost done. 2 Corinthians 4 and 18. Paul said, well, we do not. He's talking about the church. And see, and see if, I need to say this while I go. If you're dealing with a person that keeps trying to convince you based upon what he or she sees, you're not dealing with a Christian. Or you're not dealing with somebody that really understands the written and revealed will of God. You have, you have to know that. It does not matter what's in front or behind their name. You're dealing with somebody that's not in the place they need to be in reference to Christ. Listen to this. While we do not look at the things which are seen, but at the things which are not seen. For the things which are seen are, they have a limited time period. Worst case, if we are going through something that man has said it's going to end a certain way. And when you look at all of the symptoms, that's how it's going to be. Scripturally, it's still going to work out for your good. Say to your neighbor, you got to realize, as a child of God, you can't lose. As long as you stay in the world. As low as Job got. It still worked out. The Hebrew boys was in the worst place they could be. When they got thrown in that fiery furnace. But it still worked out for them. Why? Because of God's promise. If somebody shoots me with 17 bullets while I'm up here preaching, I fall out dead. Don't let, don't let, don't let that be the story. You know, pastor got shot 17 times and he, he, he dead. Don't let that, that ain't the conclusion. You know, pastor died doing what he loved. They was angry about it. They shot him down. But now he up in glory giving God the praise. Pastor, why would we look at it like that? Paul was getting ready to phase Nero's chopping block. Knew his head was getting ready to be taken off. But you know what he said? I am now ready to be offered up. The day of my departure is at hand. There awaits for me a crown of righteousness. And not just for me only, but all for all of those that love his appearing. No matter how it gets, you still win. 
but back to the test. He knew it was temporary. Look at 2 Corinthians 4 and 18 again. While we do not look at the things which are seen, but at the things which are not seen, for the things which are seen are temporary, but the things which are not seen are eternal. Eternal is a reference to God or the things of God. We don't look at what is temporary. We look at the things of God. I don't base my outcome on what I see. I base my outcome on what is written and revealed. If you ever base your outcome on what you see, misery is going to set in. But when you base your outcome on what is written and revealed, you're going to know in your being it is well. I said it is well. The Hebrew boys had the testimony before they got thrown into the fiery furnace. Oh, king, if you want to throw us, go ahead. Our God will deliver us but on the other hand king if he decides not to bring us out of the fiery furnace we still ain't gonna bow to you nor to your golden image why our relationship is too tight with God so no matter what happens it's gonna work out for the good It's temporary. Say so your name. I don't know what you're going through. But it's temporary. Look at another neighbor and say, I don't know what you're going through. But don't get your eyes on it. Get your eyes on the things of God. Get your eyes on what God promised. Get your eyes on things like I'm going to do a Seating abundantly above all that you've been asking. All that you've been thinking. So Job knew it was temporary. It's temporary. He says in the latter part of Job 23 and 10. When I come forth. I'm coming out of this. That's the first thing that when I come forth implies I'm coming out of this. I'm coming out of this. I I mean, that was his mind. I'm I'm coming out of this. It it don't matter what that report says. I'm coming out of this. I'm coming out. But the Hebrew word that's used for coming forth also connotes to be born anew. To be born anew. What does that mean? 
It means that when you come out, you're going to be new in the sense of your whole mindset is going to be changed. Even your identity in God is going to be changed. But to be born anew also says that you're going to be I'm going to be transformed for the better. And do you know that happens, biblically speaking? Paul said in Romans 12 and 2 to the brethren. He said, be ye transformed. How? By the renewing of your mind. See, while you're in your trial, it's a time to just start thinking different about yourself and when you finally come out you ain't gonna be that little childish boy that went in it you ain't gonna be that complaining girl that went in it when you come out of your trial you're gonna be grown woman you're gonna be grown man when you come out of your trial you went in now a woman of doubt a man of unbelief, but when you come out, you're going to be a man of God, a man that believes that God can do anything save fail. When I come forth, when I'm born anew, when this trial makes me into the person God ordained for me to Say to your neighbor, a trial can make you better. It can make you a different person. It's folk in here right now that been tested. I've been through the fire. And they, and they, after they came through the fire, trusted God like they never trusted him in their life. They got scars, but they also have a higher level of respect for the things of God. Why? Because of the test. If it be true, tell somebody, the test made me better. Test made you start looking at things in a distinct way to the point to where you don't handle your business the way you used to handle your business. You don't play around with certain things the way you used to play around with certain things. You don't go in there and pray just to be doing something in a religious sense the way you used to. Now you pray for real. Why? Because of the test. Say to somebody, the test is making me better. If you're in a trial right now, but when you stand in that mirror, you don't see yourself getting better. You're not dealing with that trouble the way you need to deal with that trouble. You're not handling that trouble the way God has ordained for you to handle that trouble. But if you'll start thinking, talking, and doing according to the written and revealed will of God, when you stand in that mirror, you will see yourself as a completely different person. You will see yourself not in your own natural eyes. You will start seeing yourself through the eyes of God.
smell Elijah. The Syrians had surrounded Elijah, had surrounded the man of God, and there was nobody with him but his servant. And his servant was a doubter. The servant looked through his natural eyes and, and, and he said, Master, they done surrounded us. Yeah, Master. They done surrounded us. The prophet had different eyes. I said the prophet had different eyes. Servant trying to look at what's going on naturally. But, but, but the prophet said, those that are with us are more than those that are against us. Say to your neighbor, no matter what you think, there are more than one set of eyes. Your natural eyes are limited. Your natural eyes can't see all that God is doing. Your natural eyes can't see that all that God has ordained to happen in your life. Yeah, I read your resume, but your resume don't tell the whole story. God got more for you. And so the prophet prayed and said, Lord, open his eyes, letting us know that the key to you seeing more than what you see is prayer. The key to you seeing more than what you see is prayer. Specifically prophetic prayer. Because sometimes we get so caught up in looking at what is going on around us to where we don't see our salvation. I say we don't see our salvation. And you know salvation is threefold. It's when God delivers, protects, and causes you to prosper. I'll never forget when, when, when God started dealing with me on a regular basis of, of seeing beyond my natural eyes. And it, and it came at a time to where everything that could go wrong was taking place. But God let me see, you coming out of this. You're going to come out of this. Yeah, it looks one way, but you're coming out. I didn't even ask how. I just believed that he was going to manifest what he promised because I don't know about you. God is the only one that has never lied to me. Only one. And, and so Job says, I shall come forth. And I'm going to be better. How are you going to be better, Job? Because I'm going to come forth as 
cold. Cold? Yeah, going to come forth as gold. He says it's going to be gold, but he's going to come forth like gold. See, see, before gold reaches its final state, it has to go through a process. But see, understand, understand when it comes to gold, just, just a few essentials that's important as it relates to us going through tests. Number one, gold can be bent, shaped, but it won't break. You may be being bent. Put out of shape. But you're still here. You may be going through a whole lot in your body. But God still got you. You may not be able to do all that you desire to do may not have all the money you desire to have in your pocket, in your account right now, but God still got you. Say to your neighbor, I'm going through a whole lot of stuff right now. Going through some bending right now. Going through some shaping right now. But I'm still clean on the outside. But going through some stuff in your mind. Going through some stuff in your body. Going through some stuff in your finances. But you're still here. See, that's the thing about a child of God. We, we going through it, but we still trust in God. It's some folk, when they, when they get to going through what you're going through right now, they looking for bad to happen. You are looking like Job. You, you are saying, when I come out of this, I'm going to be better than I've ever been. Why? This test is making me better. Somebody say this test is making me better. You're going through something that's affecting your heart, affecting your bladder, affecting your kidneys, affecting this, that, and the other, but you're still trusting God. That's the reason you got to come forth. You got to come out. Your, your testimony is bigger than you. You got to come out of what you're going through so you can be a help, a strength, and a blessing to so many others. But this is the other thing that you really have to understand. Gold has to go through fire. But the thing about gold going through fire 
is that gold is strong. And even though the fire can, can cause certain things to come out of the real gold, gold is so resilient, so resistant to where it maintains its quality. Even though you're going through it, you still got your hallelujah. You still got your dance. You still got your praise, even though you're going through it right now. Ask somebody for me. I know you're going through it, but do you still have your praise? Do you still have your hallelujah? Have you still got your leap for joy? Have you still got your... All right, sit down. Let me close. And finally, when gold has come through the test, There are two things that describe it that I want to use to describe it. Number one, it's precious. Precious. Don't, don't you know how precious you are when it comes to going through something and still maintaining your integrity? Still striving to think, talk. And do according to the will of God. You ain't cursing God out. You ain't doing that. You just maintaining your integrity. Even when you fall, you get up and say, God, I'm sorry. But I got to keep moving. Why? You're precious. You're precious. Second thing. Valuable. When you come out and your testimony, you can't even put a dollar amount on your testimony. Your testimony is so valuable that, that when some hear it, they can only decree it if they are a believer as supernatural, a miracle. Unbeliever ain't no that's what they're going to say. But a true child of God that recognizes what you done been through, you are a miracle. You are a walking miracle. You ain't even got to go to the Bible to pull up a miracle. You can just pull out your testimony and folks will know you ain't nothing but a miracle. But get this. If you don't go through the test, Not gonna be better in reference to it. Now, the test is part of making you better. So embrace it according to the written and revealed will. I'm gonna stop right there.